Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And welcome to the Holderness Family Podcast. We've had our first fight of the day. It wasn't a fight. That wasn't a fight. It if wasn't that's a fight. fight, the fight it wasn't a fight. Hang it, on. The, uh, no. It was whether or not we should sit next to each other or across from each other. Like, and just, you said it was weird sitting next to me instead of across well, we're, from me. Well, we're staring. We're waiting for our guest to log into the Zoom call. And you guys, are. it's going to be a lot of fun. But we're, and so it was just strange to like sit right next well, to you. Anyway. Strange to sit next to me? <laughs> I came out wrong. No, and talk to you, but look straight ahead. Yeah, so just look at me. Okay. We're the, the the camera's not rolling yet. We don't roll the camera until our guest comes on. Uh, this is great, guys. Welcome to our life and our podcast. No, it's just not, there's no drama. Okay. We're, everything's no fine. Dr- everything's fine. What? Hey, a little preview. We're trying something new. We're going to have a book club episode in about a month with Nikki Ehrlich. She's the author of The Measure. If you follow us on Instagram, I've talked about that in stories, how I wanted to try to do sort of a book club podcast. We'll start by discussing this book. It's not necessarily a new book book, but I read it over the That's summer true. and I had a lot to say about it. Penn has not read it and yeah. he, and he, you may not. So we were talking about this. Is it good for us to have like one person who hasn't read it and one person who has? Like I, I would sort of be the fly on the wall and then occasionally ask stupid questions. I think that's actually more, that is actually representative of a true book club because oh, like traditionally, I'm the lady. I'm the traditionally lady. any book club, I, I was, I'm such a rule follower. I yeah. would actually read the book. But most people are there for the wine. They are there for the wine. Right. So, so I think that's actually you don't have to read it. If no, you want to. not only that. Maybe I'll get in character. Maybe I'll be like, character. yeah, I'll be like, I'll I'll drink a couple of glasses of wine and be in the background, like, how's everybody doing? Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. that what you think book clubs sound like? I do. Well, I I don't know. I just figured you guys all got okay. these pillow fights. No, I'm joking. But, I, okay. I do think that there are people who who just want the the, the friendship and the, yeah. Yes. And so we want to invite you, even if you haven't 
read the book right. to just hang out with me in the back and just see what see what happens. See what happens exactly. because it, uh, I would love it if you have read the book or plan to air, read the book. Uh, this again, the book is called The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes if you want to purchase it or check it out from the library. And if you have any questions for the author or discussion prompts for the book club episode, email them to podcast at theholdernessfamily.com. We'll link that also in the show notes and we'll announce the episode date soon, but you can get started. It's a real quick read. I read it in like a couple, like a day and a half. So you can get your questions ready and for the next couple of weeks. And we're honestly just being totally transparent. We're just going to see how this goes. I love to read and I love to have I love to talk about it with people afterwards. So if we feel, and we're, like you're writing a new book, so uh, maybe we can have you on the book club podcast. I mean, thank you. It's just an honor to be invited to my own podcast. Uh, yeah, thank but you. I don't know. Maybe this works. Maybe, I, I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't. I will say that you, I had major mentionitis about this book while you were reading it. And that's a sign of a good book. Like you were really, you wanted to talk about it. You thought mm-hmm. it was a really novel concept no pun intended, or I guess pun intended. And so for those of you thinking about reading it, she really did kind of breeze through it. And anytime there's a book where you're kind of hanging out and the person says, you know what, I'm going to sneak out and just go read my book. That's a sign of like a sticky book. And I think this was a sticky book. Okay. Okay. If you want to stay informed with all this latest announcements, sign up for our newsletter at theholdernessfamily.com slash newsletter. Okay. So let's talk about today. (laughs) You know what? Today is dedicated to people who have dogs and also to the dogs. If dogs, if you understand me, this show is for you because we are going to try to understand you better. Uh, Kim and I love dogs. You may know that we have a dog. Her name is Sunny. She happens to be the world's laziest dog, in our opinion, the world's most perfect dog. But also we just kind of sit around and are, I'm always wondering like, what are you, what are you thinking about? What are you dreaming about? Are you okay? Are you happy? Are, like, what's, are you depressed? Are we? Are you just tired? Yeah. We spend a lot of time thinking about the emotional well-being of our dog because let's face it, there are times when dogs are just the best of us, right? Yep. And anyway, so we've, we're going on a journey here. We did, before this podcast started, we talked to like a dog expert and she's also a bioethicist. Her name is Dr. Jessica Pierce. Um, She focuses on human animal relationships. And we asked her about this. She reminded us that one of the things that we need to do when analyzing all of this is just to let dogs be dogs. Some people don't actually let their dog just be a dog. Mm. Like dogs like to let the wind fly through their hair and stick their nose out the window. And they like to roll in gross stuff and they like to forage on the sidewalk and they like to sniff each other's butts and all these things that as a pet parent, you could get really upset about or feel uncomfortable about. And I think we just need to remember that they are dogs and have a set of dog specific needs that aren't necessarily met if we just treat them as children. Sometimes I'm guilty of thinking that my dog is a human in a dog suit. I really feel like sometimes she'll just be sitting there. I'm like, oh, you're a person. Yeah. I gave birth to you. I'll say like occasionally I'll say like, oh, Sonny, you've you've eaten a lot of food. You're like the doctor has, has said that you've gotten a little chubby and you will say. Don't fat shame her. But <laughs> Cover her ears. Cover her ears. Anyway, we wanted to talk more about what's going on inside a dog's head. So we invited Victoria Stillwell on this week's podcast. And I'm so excited. 
Victoria Stilwell is a world-renowned dog trainer, best known as the star of the international hit TV series, It's Me or the Dog. She also served as a judge for The Greatest American Dog on CBS and as the resident dog behavior expert on The One Show on BBC One. Her show, Dogs with Extraordinary Jobs, currently airs worldwide, including Channel 5 in the UK and the Smithsonian Channel in the USA. She's a passionate advocate for positive reinforcement and dog training methods. Stillwell is the author of five best-selling books, including It's Me or the Dog, How to Have the Perfect Pet, and The Secret Language of Dogs. Welcome to the show, Victoria Stillwell. Thank you. I think it's really important to know that we, you're, you're pretty fancy, but we, we know you like from the way back times. Way back. <laughs> Pen. Yes, I came to your wedding. I know. I know. So, I know. like, Pen, do you want to do you want to reveal? Yes. So, first of all, I, I I should call you Victoria, Mrs. Stillwell. I mean, we Mrs. call you we call you we call you Vic off the Vic. off the. Okay, so I'm just gonna call you Vic anyway. That's fine. So yeah. Vic is married to my friend Van Zyler, and he's a very old friend. And Van and I were in an acapella group together, and then decided to join a band together in college. You may have heard us talk about my college band. We played a bunch of cover music and a few originals when we were in college, and we have kept in touch to the point that we've played some reunions. We most recently played a few weeks ago in Connecticut for our drummer's 50th birthday. And so we've gotten to the point where we're an all now gray-haired, older, <laughs> struggling to hit any of the notes that we hit before. But it's a unique band because we have three singers. So we have a lot of three-part harmony, and not everybody um, gets hoarse at the same time. Van somehow still sounds the same as he did in college. He had some stints uh, in theater on or near Broadway. So he's like, uh, he's, I'm the least talented person in my band. And he married this fascinating woman, <laughs> Victoria Stillwell, who is like an international icon when it comes to dog behavior. So this is such a perfect match. And I'm going to stop talking, but that, that's kind of, that's how I, that's how we know Victoria. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say that obviously I was a dog trainer for a long time before I got my show. And but it was at your wedding. I think it was the day before or the day after that I found out that it's me or the dog was a go. Wow. Really? Yes. Tell yes. me, that I, you know, I, I do have a memory of like there was some like excitement around. And I was like, wait, you have a like like what? Tell me, like, so so did, how did that all happen? Okay, so I was an actor for a long time. And of course, that's how I met Van, because we were cast in a musical in the West End in London. And he was cast out of New York to play Buddy Holly. Mm -hmm. And I was cast out of London to play Buddy's wife, Maria Elena. And so we met in London and we did the show actually on tour first. And then we did a year in London and then we did the American tour. But it was during that time, well, actually, even before that, that I was working with dogs as well, because as an actor, you always have to have a second string to your bow. Right. And so really, when we moved to Manhattan after that, I went into dog training full time. And then I, I was doing a lot of rescue work. And I was really mm. annoyed at the waste of life that I was seeing in the shelters for, of Manhattan and the five boroughs. So I thought, how am I going to get this, this whole, you know, positive training, but also how am I going to get my message out that if there is an issue, you don't have to put your dog into a shelter, right? Yeah. There's there's something you can do about it. How am I going to get that out to a wider audience? And that's when I watched the first episode of the Super Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the joke yes, yes, comes yes. to, yeah. 
And that's when I went, oh my gosh, I do exactly the same with dogs. So I wrote to the producers and was like, I've got a great idea for a new show. Not children this time, but dogs. And the next day they called me. So three months later, we were filming the pilot in the UK. Yeah, it was in- insane. Okay, that's okay. This is all making sense now because what I remember from my wedding was Van's got a cute wife who apparently is doing some sort of version of Super Nanny. I remember the word Super Nanny, yeah. and so that's the way yeah. he pitched it. And I think he said Super Nanny for dogs. So now this is all coming back to me. That well, yeah. congratulations on your success, and I can't imagine how many dogs through your work you've been able and families you've been able to help. So you must be. I don't know that I'm just I'm very proud of you and all the work thank you've you. done. Um, well, thank you. I could say the same for you. I mean, truly, you have just lit you 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 got us through COVID. You hmm. you you just kind of you you make us smile. And and even if I didn't know you, you'd still make us smile. And that's what I think is is rare in this day and age now that you you know you have created something that is so wonderful and just joyous and that we can relate to. I, I keep on watching your videos and I go, yes, <laughs> yes, she knows how we feel. Being of a certain age. We, uh, being, uh, uh, as, as, we are a definitely certain, a certain age. Well, thank you so many kind words for, for those kind words. I do, we are obsessed with our dog. And as so many people are, and I think especially the world seems very heavy right now. And so I just, I'm in my dog's face all the time because she brings me so much joy. Do you feel like, sometimes I I do the bad thing where I think that my dog is actually just a human in a dog suit and I talk to her. Do you feel like our dogs are trying to communicate with us? Like, and if so, how are they trying to do that? all the time and you know they are watching us they're smelling us and they they see the world through smell a lot as well as through their sight but they are trying to communicate with us and they do that through body language they have evolved over thousands of years to live with humans more successfully but there's still a disconnect there obviously because they're still dogs mm-hmm. but if you think about it as two predators living in the same house together right and it when it when it goes wonderfully it's wonderful when things happen that maybe not so easy to deal with, then that's when people call me. But, you know, a lot of the work that I also do is preventative. So I really help people understand what their dogs are trying to say. So our dogs are communicating with us. But I have to say with regards to, you know, you saying sometimes I treat my dog like a human. Mm. Well, actually, that's not that's not wrong. And the reason why I say that is because behavioral and cognitive science, we are finding so much more about our dogs. And the study, I mean, the studies that have been done shows that rat, dog, human brain are very, very similar. Mm. Of course, there are differences that make a dog a dog, make a rat a rat and make a human a human. But the similarities, especially with that ancient brain, the limbic system, spot on spot on and that's why so many so much research unfortunately is done on rats and mice when it comes to human health and development psychological and physical as well as well as dogs so a lot of the same medications that dogs take humans take too if rats were cuter would we do less testing on them i I think so i think we would i think we would but unfortunately they get the brunt of it i know it sucks yeah. Hey, hang in there. We're going to be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, Victoria, what is the most common misconception humans have when it comes to their dog and them trying to communicate? Like, what do we get wrong consistently? Okay. I think there, there's been this myth going around for a long time. And the myth is that your dog is trying to, when when it behaves badly, and I use that sort of word with, you know, when when it misbehaves in the human eyes, that it's trying to take over, be dominant the household, trying to become pack leader and top dog and run your household and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's a myth. I mean, you know, dogs are smart, but they are not as smart as that to strategize a human coup, right? They don't want to achieve a home or world domination. The, the fact that they maybe misbehave in our human world is because they don't know what to do and they're dogs. And so it's up to us to give them the skills to teach them what to do. So I think that's the biggest myth when people say, oh, my dog is aggressing because it's trying to be dominant or and then you have to like make it submissive towards you. And that's really damaged trust between human and dog. And it's really caused you know, people to have difficult relationships with their animals. And it's also, you know, caused quite a lot of aggressive behavior or at least exacerbated aggressive behavior. So what we're now, and we're supported by science, sort of, I would say the positive community, we're supported by now decades of science, which is fantastic. And I'm not talking about the bad science, I'm talking about good science, right? Of, you know, wonderful studies that have been done in Hungary, in Budapest in Hungary by Adam McClosey and his team, and, you know, they just bring in family dogs and you go in with your dog and you do all of these kind of cognitive, wonderful games and things. So they, they can really find out how dogs think, feel and learn. I think that has just sort of exploded our understanding. And now we see that that whole like, dominance thing is just it's sort of it, it needs to to stay in the trash where it really belongs. Do you feel as if our dog's behavior comes from just the general breed or is it nature versus nurture? What do you think? Yeah, I love that. So we call it genetics. We call it epigenetics, right? So genetics are 
what the dog is born with. And so, yes, a lot of dog behavior is down to genetics, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might have a dog that is genetically predisposed to do certain things. Now, there are genetic traits. So, for example, if you've got a Border Collie, that Border Collie is likely to be highly sound sensitive, quite nervy at times, and maybe might hurt your children, mm -hmm. right? But then there are also genetics where they have predisposition to maybe to be relatively anxious. That's because mom and dad was anxious, grandparents were anxious, or there might be some aggressive display, resource guarding, and you might see that that actually dog comes from a family of resource guarders. So then there's the epigenetics. So and the epigenetics means that like, how is the dog influenced by the nature of like, how how it lives and how how it's raised. And so that can be a problem. If a dog is not raised from a very early age in a loving environment, a supportive environment where they're exposed to a whole load of things in a very positive way, then you can have issues and problems. It's exactly like, you know, with kids. And and so, you know, nurture really does play a big part but if you've got a dog that is a little compromised anyway, it can make things a lot harder. I, I don't know. I, th I feel like we reached out to you during this time, but we had a situation. We adopted a dog from a rescue and I, like, I'm totally going to try not to cry. But this was years ago. And within about a week, she started biting people in her house. It was a little more than a week, but yeah. It was yeah, quick. she and she was, pr I think, three months old when we when we adopted her. And we were like, oh, she's a puppy. And it was kind of like puppy. She's learning with her mouth. She's learning with her mouth. But it was, it was in hindsight, it was, I mean, she was, it was, she was breaking the skin. And she was, I felt very safe around her, but she built a bit of producer who walked in her house. She built Penn's dad. She, and then the final stress. So she bit a babysitter and then she bit my niece and like bad. And at that point, and we, and this is us with, we had, five six we have like a dog behaviorist we did all the blood work we had dog trainers we did we did like five we tried things. everything we, we tried, tried everything. Yeah. we we sent her away for training we brought her in for training and i would say universally everybody came back with this is like not safe anymore like this you have kids in your house this isn't safe that's was, what they ended with but what they started with what was, they blamed me <clears throat> because i'm anxious They're yeah. like you have anxiety and your dog is picking up on this anxiety and so a lot, not, not them all, not them all. Like our vet was like, this is, this is unsafe. But like a lot of the dog trainers are like, well, if you have a lot of people in your house and you're anxious, this is how your dog's going to react. And I felt such shame that it was my fault that my dog was reacting this way. And then my vet was the one who had like had to shake me by the shoulders and was like, this is unsafe and it's not your fault. <laughs> like yeah. some dogs are just built like this, but I still carry that shame of like, I couldn't make, I I'm very competitive and I'm like, I could not make it work, but she was hurting people. So I always ask that question and it sounds like what you were saying is it's kind of a soup of everything that yeah. yes, the, the way she came to us was very damaged, but it probably didn't help that we live in a house where people are in and out all the time and that I ha suffer some anxiety. So it's, I, I don't know. There was no question there. I just wanted to, if anybody else is listening and has gone through that, like sometimes the dogs come to you and they're just kind of cooked that way. Then I, I, can I, I felt, just support yeah. you. Can I just support mm -hmm. the fact that 
I think you, I think a lot of people do feel shame mm -hmm. when their dogs are with that kind of behavior to the extent and they're trying and they're trying and trying and trying, but nothing seems to work. And so I think it's, of course, what we do with our dogs definitely can impact them. But maybe that dog would have been much better to be in a house on a farm far away when nobody visited. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, the dog was at your house. And I have to say, showing that behavior within a week of being there, that's not your fault. That behavior was like that. Yeah. And, you know, when we're, we're really talking about dogs here, mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we have to like just get down to basics and talk about this animal that came into your house, was not able to cope with a lot of different human interaction. It couldn't cope. That was what its makeup was. And so you, with the best of intentions, did what you could to try and make it work. And the dog couldn't cope. You could have done everything and the dog still can't cope because the dog is not is not made to live in your home, mm -hmm. to live in most homes. Mm -hmm. And so we always say in, in rescue as well of like, we want to find that person that lives on a farm that has nobody to come <laughs> visit them ever. Yeah. And then that dog might be okay. But that's not the real world. Okay. So I want to go back to what you said about preventative work. And I actually spoke to Van about this when I saw him a couple of weeks ago, and I think that this is all very interesting. When we first met Ruby, she was coming from a kill shelter in Louisiana. She came out of a, of a, this, you know, big 18 wheeler and, and had found freedom. And we were just helping process these dogs and get them to the, to their next spot. We were volunteering and Ruby just started like, we kind of sunk into Kim's arms and started licking her face. And there was instant love. There was instant like emotions that we've never had before. And from that moment on, like we're taking the dog, like we, we had all kinds of other, I had had some questions. I think there's a video of this on YouTube and none of the questions mattered um, because they were really about like, do we have a, a crate like do we have food like would well, that's all gonna be handled what matters is that this dog loves me i love it and it's coming home with us that is a common thing that happens when you find a dog it's my understanding that you do have in in part of like what you do you have like personality matches that you can do very early on with a dog i don't know if you can do it with a 12 week old dog which is how old ruby is but can you talk a little bit about some of those uh, matching exercises that you can do that maybe could go along with that outpouring uh, emotional feeling to maybe help find the right kind of dog. Yeah. So, well, I, first of all, I want to say that the love that you feel felt for that, for, for Ruby is that's oxytocin really. <laughs> and that's your bonding hormone. That's exactly what happens. You know, when a mom holds the baby for the first time and the dad holds the baby for the first time, yeah. right. You get the surge of oxytocin. So, that help is helping you bond. And also, FYI, dogs get surges of oxytocin too. That's why we bond. Mm -hmm. And so and so the licking can be, we see licking a lot as, oh, this is a dog making connection and love. And, it, and in fact, it can be, but also it, it can be appeasement gestures as well. So the dog is licking you, licking you, licking you, either because you taste salty or because it is an appeasement gesture or truly the dog is trying to get some kind of connection with you can be quite a submissive behavior. So fast forward to like, okay, how do you, like, how do you choose that dog? How yeah. do you know that that's the dog? Put that sort of emotional, overwhelming oxytocin surge aside. 
I always caution people to, if there's a whole load of puppies, for example, or even adult dogs, I caution people, don't lose your heart to the one that's carrying in the corner. Have the one, I'm looking for a dog that wants to have social interaction and is excited about social interaction and has fluid body language and a kind of helicopter tail. And even in a moment of stress, being in a shelter, having just been transported, that transition where they don't know what's happening to them, cat has quite resilient, is resilient and can bounce back really fast. So for example, we might do, and again, it's, it's, I call it a snapshot in time. So you have to give dogs time to come into your home and and relax before you really see true behavior. But there are things that you can do. You know, how do they respond to a noise? How do they bounce back? So what is their resilience? Do they accept a lot of people coming up and touching them? And even though we really don't want to be going up and touching dogs a lot, Mm -hmm. we also have to make sure that if we have children in the home, that dogs are okay with that. So it's how are they handled is is a lot of aggressive behavior and a lot of anxious behavior is because of pain. And a lot of noise phobia is because of pain and pain is goes so undiagnosed. So I'll do a lot of handling. I'll handle the, the dog's body from the head to the tip of the tail to the paws. How what are they like when I handle them? And I do it in a when a dog's full of adrenaline, they're not going to feel so much pain. So I I I take the dog to a place where we can calm down a little bit so that adrenaline starts to like fade down, the dog can calm. And then I start to touch a little bit just to make sure, is there any pain in this body? So I'm looking for how the resilient the dog is, how it connects with you, and then how is there any pain anywhere that could influence the dog's behavior? So that's sort of what I what I do. And in 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 initial contact because you know thank you a for volunteering Mm -hmm. and for helping these dogs but when they've been transported from the south i live in the south so a lot of transports go up to the north Mm -hmm. because we've got such a bad pet overpopulation problem down here less so now i have to say that less animals are being transported but you know they are under a lot of stress Mm -hmm. so if you have a dog that can cope with that wow then they're pretty resilient Mm -hmm. You mentioned the kind of helicopter tail wag. What do the different tail wags mean? Yeah. So again, I think this is also a method of a dog is wagging its tail. It's happy. It's really not. The tail is that beacon. It tells you how the dog is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details feeling mm-hmm. so I look you know when we teach our students right because I have an academy where we teach people to be trainers and um, we teach them you've got to look, be an ethologist right you look at behavior without without emotion just look at behavior what the dog is actually doing look at the head the body and the tail and then look at the context which means the environment of what the you know where where is the dog so, and when you just look at it dispassionately, like an ethologist, that goes, hmm, I want to find out what that dog is really thinking and feeling without putting a label on it really quickly. Then I look at dog behavior. And so if I have a tail that's like going back really back and forth really, really fast, I'm going to look and go, hmm, is that dog, you know, excited or is that dog aroused and by aroused I mean there's a lot of adrenaline going through its body it's fearful it's nervous it's excited and then I got to look at what the body's doing so if that tail's going really fast what's the body doing is it fluid or stiff is the dog cowering or is the dog lengthening throughout its body and then the head what's the head doing is the mouth is the mouth open and relaxed or is it closed is are the eyes tense are the brows furrowed are the ears back or are the ears forward so the tail wagging now i get a better picture if the tail wagging is really really flicking back and forth and the body's tense and the mouth is tense i go hmm this dog is not feeling great mm-hmm. but if the tail is going back and forth and the body's fluid and then the dog is that that lovely shining eyes and then I know that the dog is feeling okay. So that's why I'll look at behavior first, literally look at behavior first. And I teach all my clients to do this. Observe your dog, observe your dog, observe your dog. Just sit there, get a cup of coffee and just watch what your dog does. (laughs) Then you can get an idea of how your dog is feeling. We always teach people, do not label your dog. Oh, my dog is happy or my dog is sad. My dog is excited or my dog is aggressive. We don't use that. So it's a real art to kind of, finding how your dog feels by just looking at that body language. I want to, I want to ask you about something that I've been told that I, by a couple of people that kind of bums me out because I, I I don't know. So I've, I've heard that a dog, when it comes up to you and like asks to be pet, that someone told me that that's only because it's trying to appease me, not because it wants to hang out with me. And like my ego is like, no, I want my dog to like me and want me to pet him. And Sonny, Sonny seems to like that. Have you heard this theory before? And is it true? And if so, uh, what are we going to do with my ego? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all about ego here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So do dogs love us? I think we, we need to go back to that. Okay, let's How do that. How do we know, mm-hmm. right? How do we know that dogs love us? Well, again, is the dog that comes up to you and licks you saying, oh, I love you, and or is it appeasing you? Is it licking your face and being submissive towards you because it fears what's going to happen to it, right? Let's say it's a new dog and you know it doesn't really know you very well. Well, here's here's the way you tell. And it's exactly the same with humans. It's that oxytocin surge, right? Which is the number one thing. But what does that body language do? Now, I do the three-second rule, right? If my if my dog comes up to me, or if a dog comes up to me, not my dogs, because they know me very well, and I really do think they love me. But <laughs> um, if 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 I stroke them, if they come up to me and they're you know doing all that, and I stroke them, I do it for three strokes and then I stop. And if they kind of like lean into me, they're saying, can you touch me more? I want more of this. Okay. I think we're if good. they walk away, okay. You just wanted just to hang out, maybe get some like, but, but most of the time, if the dog knows you and mm-hmm. it's choosing to come up to you and be close to you, I think that's more expression of love rather than, Hey, you feed me. If I do this, you're going to feed me well, or I'm appeasing you. No. Our dog, well, because Sunny, she's just the laziest, most wonderful dog, but she'll, like, if you stop petting her, she, like, puts a paw on you as yeah. to be like, I'd, I'd like, I'd like yeah. some more now. No, I think she, she has a crush on you. She loves you. Okay. My dog, Sunny, so wonderful and I think has everything to do with her breed and she just, she came to fully cooked and just perfect and to the point where like we have people in and out of our house all the day we're shooting here we're putting lights over her because she won't even move i mean she's just <laughs> she's the perfect production she's a dog. good production she's dog. a good yeah, pro- yeah, production great. dog she to me because she does she loves other dogs she loves people but she just is sort of um i don't want to shame her but she's a little lazy and anytime another dog comes over for a doggy play date she lights up and she's like springing around and running around our children think she's depressed and that we need another dog. I do dogs need other dogs because right now I don't know if I can handle two vet bills and two, you know, two <laughs> in the energy around having another dog. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who this I'm is not a marriage. This, this is not know. a marriage counseling thing. We will support whatever decision <laughs> you have. You're not picking sides here. I want to make sure this is clear. Okay. Because that's what that okay, okay sounded like. Yes. <laughs> if your dog has a playmate, mm-hmm. come around and play, and it lights up, has a great time. That doesn't necessarily mean that that dog wants that playmate there all the time. And as long as you're giving your dog those opportunities to meet other dogs, especially if it's social and play, then that's fine. And as long as you're enriching your dog in other ways, people coming into your house, it sounds like she's very human social, so that she's getting enriched by that. And walks, she's getting enriched by that. And your communication with her, that's enriching. And then the odd play date, that's enriching. And so I am, I mean, I have two dogs mm-hmm. and I do think that there is some comfort in it, but some dogs are, I mean, most dogs, especially when they're raised, they are human social and they get their enrichment from being with humans. 
And so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have another dog in your house as long as she has the opportunities to hang out and play. And so, and the problem with having two dogs, I'm not saying it's a bad problem. I'm just saying it is double the work, double the vet bills, double everything. But also you have to be, you have to be very aware that like siblings, they also need space from each other. So now you're dealing with two dogs and their different needs for space, for time, and it's just a lot. And I think with your busy lifestyle, I think maybe one dog right now is the thing because it's working. Why would you bring another dog into the house? Yeah. And here's not. why i'm, I'm here's gonna why. play that clip for my kids by that's the fine. way that's just fine. like cut I'm, print i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you the only reason why i think it'd be great to have another dog you mentioned you mentioned walking uh <laughs> our our dog is a cat right like she our, identifies our, our dog is a cat she's adorable she's a perfect cat but <laughs> like she, she does not like being on a leash and being like we'll walk and she'll just prance along with us for about 50 yards 75 yards okay. And then just stops in the middle of the street. And I'm like, Sonny, we need to, you got to like your carry heart, her back. Heart health. Come on. And like, she'll lay down in the street. A car will come. And she's like, <laughs> okay. She's like, I'm done. And and so we try to. We bring treats along. We yeah. do the whole thing. And we try to, if yeah. she's not on a leash, she'll walk for miles. Like if we go to yeah. the beach and we yeah. take the leash off, she's fine. But yeah. if, on a leash, she's like, we try to get her I'd exercise. rather not. Yeah. We try so, to okay. get her exercise in other ways. Like we've got a big. A decent sized backyard where she can run around. My yeah, but son she doesn't. Will, no, not really. <laughs> the, the main okay. exercise she gets is when another dog comes to okay, visit. Okay, so let's Sorry, let Victoria ahead. talk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a lot of dogs that don't. A lot of dogs that don't like walking on the lead. All right. So you need to have a leash, obviously, for safety. Right. But I think if you were, if if a dog could like just speak your language for ten minutes, it would tell you a whole load of things that it didn't like. And one of the things it would tell you is that I do not like being walked on a lead. And why is that? Well, we need it. It's a canine life preserver. So we need it. And obviously we have to follow leash laws. But from the dog's point of view, this annoying piece of rope is stopping their ability from acting naturally. Mm -hmm. And it also can make some dogs feel very uncomfortable. And that's why you see a lot of reactivity at the end of the leash, Mm -hmm. because the dog cannot think for itself, cannot make its own choices, cannot put distance between itself and a threat as much as it might want to do and has to walk at your pace and has to walk most of the time in a straight line. Dogs don't walk in straight lines. Mm -hmm. They walk side to side and they like to sniff this smell and then sniff this other smell. But on a lead, basically when we're going for a walk, people like to walk in straight lines. Mm -hmm. So actually teaching your dog that skill of leash walking, that is a skill. It is difficult for dogs to learn to do it. And some dogs just don't like doing it. Now, there's this whole, of course, take your dog for a walk, take your dog for a walk. But you also don't have to as long as you're enriching your dog in other ways. Now, in the back garden, if you're playing games and then you have play dates around or she can hang out with you in the front yard and go for a little poodle around your neighborhood, that's fine. If it's 50 yards or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, that's fine. Okay. So there are a lot of dogs that actually do not thrive from being walked. Okay. This has made me feel better because this is like one of my, um, another thing I felt a little shame about because unless we are at the beach where, and, and honestly, there's only leash laws during the summer. So it'd be like a fall trip to the beach. She'll go for miles. Cause honestly, she yeah. just wants to be next to me 
And she'll stay, even if there's another dog or another person, she'll stay next to me, but she just hates, hates the leash. What does being right pod say about a dog's personality? Yeah. Okay. So like people, dogs can be, you know, right pawed, right-handed or left pawed, left-handed, or they can be ambidextrous. So, and if you want to find out, is your dog right pawed or left pawed, then just give them a toy and see how they manipulate that toy with their feet. And are they using their right paw a little bit more or the left paw? And it's, it's when people say that my dog is right pawed, well, it's sort of the 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 poor brain and enjoys this relationship of like the the right hand side of that this body is also controlled by the left hemisphere and vice versa. So it actually, if your dog is right pawed, then that right paw left hemisphere relationship indicates more calm, more mm-hmm. calm, more ability to. To be a bit more resilient. Interesting. To be a bit less anxious. Yeah. So, and so then, okay. Yeah. And so left paw, what does that mean? Well, again, the right brain sort of is is that that right hemisphere sort of deals with more, and I'm really simplifying this here, but more sort of fear, caution approach behaviors. So if, and I, I want to talk to you about how dogs smell things because this yeah. is relevant. So again, left paw could could indicate a dog that's a little bit more cautious. But so if you think about it, right hemisphere is more of that sort of, so right poor left hemisphere is that kind of like, yeah. 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 That kind of good, excitable, everything's fine. And this right, left poor right hemisphere is more caution, is more to do with caution approach behaviors. So interestingly enough, when dogs go smell something for the first time, they smell through their n- right nostril only hmm. because that right nostril goes not to the left hemisphere, to the right hemisphere of the brain. So it's always cautious, always like when I'm approaching that smell, I'm going to smell with my right. Now, if it's a smell that I like, now I'm going to smell with my left. My left is going to join. Hmm. If it's a smell that I don't like, let's say a vet a vet's come they've done lots of studies about this uh, in italy as well they've done lots of fascinating studies about how dogs smell things then if it's a smell that i don't like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use my left nostril i'm gonna continue with my right nostril and probably back away so whilst paws enjoy this sort of this opposite relationship the nose is directed the right is directed to the right am i making sense yeah. i know it's really complicated no you're making sense but it's also crazy that i've never heard this before and i've i've certainly not thought about whether my dog is right pod or left pod no um, she she kind of like pats you with her right paws, i think she's I an think. Am, she's an ambi patter isn't she you think she just uses her <laughs> whatever her, pause there yeah, whatever. well i don't know now i gotta figure it out and then just yeah. the snorting out of two different noses and i guess my follow-up is you said that dogs rats and humans have the same brain is that if i'm left-handed does that mean i'm uh, more anxious as a human potentially oh crap potentially but but again you know i'm not a scientist i read and take what the scientists tell me so i can mm-hmm. use it with dogs so for example if you really want to find out your dog get a puzzle toy and then you'll see how your dog manipulates the puzzle toy <laughs> or with the right paw or the left point right uh, but, yeah. yes the similar thing is the same with humans and why is this because when we're talking about that ancient mammalian brain that all mammals have, that we call it the, the amygdala, 
the limbic brain. That's where we have all our emotions. That's what causes flight or fight, freeze or fidget. That is that is similar. Now, when we're talking about the thinking part of the brain, which we call the cerebral cortex, that is a lot more advanced in humans in a certain way, advanced in rats in a different way and advanced in dogs in a different way. So, but that limbic part of the brain that is that is our response because emotions are biological responses to the environment, right? We know that dogs have emotions beyond, I mean, I, I, the evidence is out there. But we just don't know exactly how they feel because feelings are human t- interpretations of emotions. However, dogs express their emotions very similar to people. So, for example, if you're watching a football game and your team scores, you might jump up and make a lot of noise. Well, what do dogs do when you come home from work at the end of the day? They're going to jump up and bark and get very excited. So we see the same sort of expressions. So we can we can see it in real time about how how our dogs feel, mm-hmm. and then of course all the scientific studies as well of like the hormone concentration in the blood and the neurotransmitters and all of that. It's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. As we wrap up here, what do you think our dogs want us to, to do? Know? No, what do they gonna... think they want us to know about them? I think they would like us to know that they are not trying to misbehave mm. that 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 they have to be taught skills in order to cope and i don't call it commands i call teaching a dog to wait and turn around quickly if needed and settle down and i don't really teach dogs to sit and lie mm. down and give paw and all that i don't i teach them life skills mm how to practice avoidance if needed, how to walk well on a lead, how to wait for some food or wait by the door, how to just stay quiet, how to amp up and then settle down, things like that. I think that's what they'd say is, can you treat please? Because your human world is very confusing. So first of all, could you please be consistent? Mm, yeah. And can you give me lots of love and as much food as I want? <laughs> and, you know, but most importantly, they would say, please keep me safe. Mm, because I think that's, 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 that's all the end we of the day. Yeah, that's, that's all, what we want. That's all yeah. any of us want. Yeah. Do we need to wrap up with me grabbing Sunny and having her say hello? <laughs> Do you um, want to introduce Sunny? Yeah, yeah. let's, let's just, maybe we'll get some more intel on, I'm just going to show Sunny and okay. she's going to be like, oh, yeah. well, Sunny So give is, us one minute. Yeah. He has to go downstairs yeah. and, and we'll just talk about, I, yes, our, our dog identifies as a cat, but you've made me feel a lot better about her not going on these like five mile long walks. Yeah. But Oh no, me- you don't have to. You really don't have to. And, and. I mean, I, I, if your dog loves walking, great. And um, don't just don't just sort of shove them in the back garden and hope that they're going to enrich themselves. You do have to have some yeah. interaction, obviously. But um, oh, no, dogs can live very happy lives without. I'm going getting for a the walk. hard sell from the three other people who live in this house about getting another dog. But I, as you know, like. It, I'm the one who picks up the poop and I'm the one who does all the food and I'm the one who does all the appointments. Like, I don't want to do... Yeah. Okay, here comes Sunny. Okay. okay. The star of the show. She's a cat. Oh she doesn't even jump oh, up onto the cat. So okay. beautiful. Look at her. 
Oh my gosh, she's just uh, okay. Hold on, Sunny. Okay, so also Hi, when Sunny, hey, this is Sunny. When dogs like smile, <laughs> are they smile? So somebody told me that dogs actually aren't when there's like when it looks like they're smiling, they're actually stressed. Is that true, or is that uh, is that another like no, tail wag thing? No, I mean it can't look smiling. It is you know when they they have that like they show their teeth. I truly think that that's a smile. Okay, it, I mean, good. People say it could be an appeasement gesture, but no, because it happens when they're feeling great and you're coming towards them and they love you. And okay, so, somebody yeah, told me that's smile. that it was like when your dog is stressed. I was like, oh no, don't tell me that. Okay, no, well, no. again, look at what the rest of the body is doing. That is going to tell you exactly how your dog is feeling. Okay, as you see, our dog is a cat. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, golden retrievers. I mean, she is just divine. Yes, and she is. They She's are. Perfect. They are a. Some of them. I mean, some of them can be like full on, and mm-hmm. others truly can be more couch potatoes. Now, they do have. You have to be careful, obviously, because they can put on weight yes. easy. Yes. And uh, we had a lab, and you know, she came to us at five years old, and she was so overweight Mm. so we spent our lives trying to get that weight off which Mm. we eventually did but it took a long time so they really do labs golden retrievers it can be hard so as long as she's getting that exercise that she needs to keep trim but she's fine she doesn't she looks very content so yeah this is gonna sound this is gonna look a little crazy but you can do anything with her like you can turn yeah. her, like you so can hold her. Stress her out. Like you can do this, you can do this. <laughs> she just doesn't. She doesn't care. You can like I've never seen a dog that you can hold like a cradle on her back and doesn't mind. Yeah. Like that's dogs hate that, right? Like that's not a comfortable spot for her when she's for comfortable. Most dogs, for, for most, most dogs, yeah. they don't like it. But then there's others that are just you know they're comfortable. And again, I just think she feels safe. She feels like these are my people. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so why, you know, just, just do. And I, and because she's a dog that keeps that, that likes to say, Oh no, no, keep touching, keep mm-hmm. touching, keep touching. Then that's what she likes. Okay. You're lucky. I mean, you know, from, from what you, from what you did have, and I'm really sorry that you went through that experience, but no shame, no shame, no shame mm-hmm. to now the dog that you do have. This is the dog for your family. A hundred percent. This is the dog for our family. Right. Sunny bunny. Well, thank you so much for your time. So where can people find, Sunny, you want to say something, Sunny? Hi, Sunny. Wait, are you smelling that with your right nostril or your left? <laughs> She's well, smelling the microphone. Put it on her left nostril. But where can people find you and follow you and get more information about what you do? Okay. Well, of the obvious social media stuff. If you want to see my, well, first of all, follow me at Victoria Stillwell. Mm-hmm. One L in the middle of Stillwell and at Victoria S on, gosh, I, there's so many social media platforms. I don't know. But if you want to we'll see the show. We'll put it in show. We'll put in the sh- We'll find them all you. and put them in your show, the show notes. Okay. If you want to see the show, you go onto the It's Me or the Dog Facebook, YouTube or TikTok pages. Mm. And you can see a lot of excerpts from the show and some, you know, full, full show. And there's 150 episodes. There's a lot. Wow. And then, but if you are interested in becoming a trainer. Ooh. Then I have an academy and it's the Victoria Stillwell Academy VSA. And it is the, well, we think it's the number one training school out there and it is online and you can, there's an in-person option as well. So if you're interested in becoming a trainer, it's VSA. So vsdogtrainingacademy.com. And then if you just want information and courses, you go to positively.com. There's loads of information about dog behavior 
And we are very, very shortly going to be having a whole like 26 new courses for dog lovers. Oh my gosh. Like just 30 minute courses where if, oh my gosh, my dog is doing this. Like, how do I, how do I deal with it? Well, you just take a course and um, some of them are free. The others just really, really good value. Yeah. So positively.com. You are so busy. And let me just say also the fact just we've been, nobody will ever see it because it'll never happen, but we've been, there's a show concept, a game show concept we've been pitching. Um, We've been partnered with a production company that we've been pitching to networks and it'll never happen, but it's been like (laughs) two years. Like we've been working on this. And the fact that you wrote to a network, you're like, I want to do this. And then three months later you were shooting. That's just the evidence of what a good concept and idea it is. Yeah, Or or what a bad concept (laughs) ours is. Entirely, <laughs> both are possible, both are um, but you never know in Hollywood because they're always. Um, I love Hollywood; they're yeah. always lying to you. They're, yeah, they're always um, you get oh, them with really tough, yeah. really tough. Because I just want also that I just I I feel your pain. We've pitched like twenty different shows. Okay. Now there have been other shows that I've filmed and um and dogs with extraordinary jobs as well. Please check that out. That's cool. dogs doing incredible things around the world. That was a show that I did pitch and that we did end up making. But it, it's so hard. But there is a show also that is just beautiful. And PBS picked it up, but we just couldn't get the funding because we just didn't have time to to do it. Mm. But it's a show that I really want to do. And can we get it? It is so hard. Yeah. Now to get anything up there. It is. It is. so. And. And it's and then you see some like your show your shows are great and like even just the title of your shows like if I'm in if I'm sitting in a boardroom I'm like yes we need that show I I understand why our show doesn't really make a lot of sense because it was like a lot it's a big like studio set I think it'd be fun but it's like a lot it's like way too much money and a network doesn't want to spend that but then you see some crap on TV you're like how did that get on TV yep and they're yep. not green lighting our thing <laughs> you should be an executive honey I know yeah. Yeah. Well, anything Victoria pitches, yes. Green light. Yeah. Oh. Green light. Yeah, well, oh. hopefully, hopefully, oh. but oh. we'll see. Oh. We'll Sunny see. found a good I've spot. I've got one more show in this me, is, I think. And this then is Sunny's favorite oh, spot. Look at oh, my, so you think you have one more show in you, and then that, it's so much work. Yeah, there's a show that I really want to do, and it's, it's as I said, it's 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 a great one. It's a great one. Are you allowed to tell us about it? Not really. Doesn't sound, it doesn't sound <laughs> like it, honey. She's being... No, I'm doing, I'm filming a new show in the UK right now called The Dog Academy, and it is, it is fantastic we had our first series which aired in the uk and now the second we just start, finished filming the second series which is great and it's four of us trainers not just me thank mm-hmm. goodness but it's in this beautiful stately home this gorgeous oh, gorgeous wait. mansion in the middle of the uk and um where people bring their dogs and their problems to us so it, that's okay. really wonderful but yeah yeah. If there's four, is that mean? Is it like Survivor? Do you like vote each other off the mansion, <laughs> yeah. or are you guys working but I did, together? I did a show like that for CBS about ten years ago. Yeah, which was insane. Oh and I, I mean, it was a great show. I think it was a great show. But yeah, no, no, this is different. This is more. This is really emotional. It's really emotional, really funny as well. The, the whole thing. So, I th- and because, I hope Americans get to see it sometime. Yeah, I know. I would love to be able to have access to these. I mean, I will say because we are all so obsessed with learning more about our dogs and we are obsessed with our dogs so thank you for all you do and there i think what i heard from this is that there needs to be survivor for dogs yeah yeah uh, sunny be voted out first because she's not gonna she's not gonna contribute to making the shelter 
she's going to She could just be the poster child because she just looks gorgeous. Yeah, I know. She's just going to, yeah. And, but this, and we did do drug, we did do training. We did all of the, like, you it, know. But it was chill, positive reinforcement. It positive, but, but it worked. And that's why I'm like, okay, I know that she just came this way. It's not because we're good people. Anyway, thank you, Victoria, so much. It was so good to see you. And <laughs> we'll talk to Bye. you. Bye. You're welcome.